Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. I saw your photos from Isla Holbosch, Corrine, mm-hmm. and they look amazing. Was it as good as it looked? It was as good it, as it looked it, or better. And it was better than I even expected it to be. So much so that when we were going to the ferry to leave, I got a little bit teary because I just wanted one or two more days. It just was too fast. Um, so I recommend if anybody is selling this, do not put your client in just Holbosch for three nights. If they have to fly drive and ferry on each end. I've had a lot of questions in my DMs about it. And I'm, I'm telling people that, you know, and that if you're splitting between Cancun, Riviera Maya, and then they're going to want to do a couple, two or three nights in Holbosch, that's fine. But you don't want to have them have to fly two hour drive and ferry in the same day. That's what I would avoid if I were a travel advisor, which I am. what was your favorite part I just really loved it was so calm and tranquil so there's there's no waves the water is almost like just a lagoon there's just enough of a tiny little break at the edge so that you can hear that lovely Mm -hmm. little sound Um, and it was funny because I was trying to think and I wrote a post in my personal social media about who it's for and I think it's amazing for like a girl's trip or a friend's trip. It's great for um, definitely a romantic trip for sure. Or also if you just want to be active and adventurous because you can swim with whale sharks there. There's paddleboarding, paddleboarding, kayaking, hiking to go see wild flamingos. But so I wasn't thinking family, but I did. It did occur to me that if you're a couple with a toddler and you have to bring your toddler with you traveling, it could be a really cool destination because you can get in the water. They can splash around in the water. You don't need to worry about waves knocking them over. They're being sucked out by an undertow. You can relax in the water, holding them floating. So I wouldn't say like hardcore on the family travel, but definitely in that circumstance. And I happen to know several people who are new mothers and I think it could be a good, still relaxing it's very boutique there, but not bougie, not super expensive. You could, there's a variety of budgets that would work there. When I was talking about friend trips, I think the downtown area is like, it reminded me a lot of Key West. It's just restaurant after restaurant after bar after bar with like swing chairs and just super like, you know, a lot of wood, hut, hut-y looking kind of places. I would, I liked it better than Key West because I like that cultural addition to it, Mm -hmm. but you could pub crawl all day and all night there. I mean, there's so many cute little places to pop into. So I think for, for for like a blow off some scene friends trip, it'd be great. And food wise, great. It was funny because we were looking for one breakfast place. We couldn't find it. So we just wandered into this cute little place called La Bamba. And ever since we've been living in Mexico, I'm a little bit more adventurous. Like I'll just pick whatever off the menu and see how it turns out. So (laughs) I picked huevos con frijol, which is 
eggs and beans and I kind of expected like a plate of refried beans with maybe a sunny side egg in it, but it wasn't. It was a scramble with black beans. It just came with some toast. It was so simple. It, and I have to tell you, you know those times when you taste something and you get like that dead face because you're like, oh, this is so good. Almost every time I've done that in Mexico, it has to do with beans. So if you are visiting Mexico, <laughs> do not pass the beans. Like, get the beans. It just was the simplest, most delicious thing. And there was a nice breeze up there and had good music playing. It just ended up being an accidental, amazing moment. And I just feel like you could find so many of those there. That sounds really magical. Now I'm trying to think of the next time when I go to Cancun, like I have to add on whole bosh to the itinerary. Maybe I can meet you there. Only thing you <laughs> need to know is Wi-Fi is not great. So part of the reason I made it a priority to go now is since I didn't have any clients traveling, which in a normal year, there isn't really a day when I don't have clients traveling. So I knew there was not going to be any true emergencies. And also I wanted to get there before it gets crazy because it's very up and coming, but you need to be prepared to unplug a little bit. You're not going to be able to just, there's some Wi-Fi. it's weak. You can answer an email, um, but you have to be ready for that. Well, that sounds really great. And I, if you guys haven't seen her photos, what's the best way for them to go and check out your experience? Is it your I, mo I actually mostly posted it on my personal Insta. However, I'm beginning to post everything. And I'll give you this one is Journeys by Corrine, which is my brand new Instagram account that I'm focusing on Mexico and Central America. So that's going to be where I drop a lot of the photos from all of the things I'm doing here. Nice. And if you don't know how to spell my name, it's K-O-R-R-I-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Why don't we get this ugly one out of the way from Travel Market Report that says, despite calls, CDC stays firm on November 1st cruising restart. This headline amongst many others are really frustrating me because although it's not necessarily untrue, it's not a done deal. And I'm getting a lot of panicked communications from my clients because headlines like this make it sound like officially cruising is not restarting until November 1st. And that is not the case. Yeah. And in the article, um, you know, ASS has always been the one to be always on the side of the travel advisor. And on one hand, you know, you, there is always like, yes, I understand why you're doing this. But on the other hand, it's just like, okay, we're not applying these rules and guidelines equally across the board. So Zane Kirby is quoted in this article um, saying that while the CDC continues to, to suspend all cruise ship operations in U.S. waters, nearly every other form of human activity has been cleared for resumption, including dining in restaurants, attending movies and sporting events, overnight hotel stays, and traveling by air, thanks to the observance of proper masking and social distancing protocols. So with those protocols in place, plus the vaccination rollouts, and we saw Royal Caribbean and Celebrity 
you know, announce their sailings that avoids U.S. ports, um, you know, with these protocols in place, it's not saying like these experiences can't happen, but maybe they can happen the right way or in ways where guidelines are being followed or in ways where people are being more cautious. Yes. And they've also demonstrated because they've had 150,000 people on ships in Singapore and a couple of other places, like it doesn't make sense when we go back to everything you mentioned about the other thing. I was just on a packed Mm -hmm. plane. People were not observing the masking. I was double masked, but there was people everywhere with their mask under their chin. Um, they did not take our temperature before we get on the plane, got on the plane, excuse me. So why is all of that allowed and not cruising for the people who choose to cruise? It's not like anyone's being forced on to a cruise ship. Right. <laughs> I mean, twist my arm to go on a cruise, but um, and especially if they're saying that they're not booking cruises at 100% capacity, which makes total sense. Like even if it's at 40 or even 50% capacity, I think they announced it was like 40%. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. They're keeping it at 40%. Cruise ships are huge. There's plenty yeah. of space for people to spread out and, you know, considering everything that we could possibly do to make it as healthy and to decrease as much risk as possible. It really doesn't make a ton of sense to continue to um, single out the cruise industry. Right. And the article also mentions that both CLIA and ASTA put out statements calling for the agency to lift restrictions and allow for cruising to resume from U.S. ports by July 1st. So you have like this, these headlines that sound like cruising's definitely not starting until November 1st. And then there's these ones saying we're demanding you open by July 1st or let us resume by July 1st. Carnival. So I have a client who's dying to get on her ship. She's booked for June. It's probably not going to go. But Carnival just sent out a letter last week that said, we're not canceling it yet. We still hope to be able to take this cruise. So, you know, Carnival's huge. They probably know something we don't. Um, Who knows anymore? But it's not, it's just, I feel like everything's sort of coming to a fever pitch right now. And hopefully that's going to be the end of it. You know, that's what it feels (laughs) like to me. It's like we're getting more and more and more (laughs) tense. You can't see me shaking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being very visual for Teresa right now. Um, But I'm really hoping this is like that last and then we're going to settle into sort of a new Mm -hmm. routine. Phased reopening, obviously, but. It's got to start sometime. It's got to start somewhere. Yes. Um, And, you know, the. If you choose to go cruising, because we know a lot of people are choosing to to book their cruise, especially the ones that were recently announced, you know, we just have to see how things go and, and, you know, progress from there. Yep. Something that maybe we'll put this here in between, Teresa and I were just discussing and we wanted to talk about today, talking about this 40% occupancy talking about all of the limited places that we're allowed to go. Uh, We don't know about you, but we're getting a lot of inquiries that are like, can you get me a deal? And we it's people don't understand that travel prices are based on supply and demand. 
that there's hardly anywhere that you can go and everyone wants to go somewhere. So it's so hard not to sound, I don't know, like condescending. <laughs> Somebody comes to I, me. I don't, I don't call it condescending. It's more like you have to be assertive, you know, with yes. your tone. And I, you know, we started talking about this because on your personal Instagram page, you did a story where you're like, hey, listen up. Availability is limited. There are no cheap deals because everyone is booking right now with limited availability. So the pricing you're going to get is going to be quite high, especially for areas where we can travel. And in the past, you know, in giving news, that's not so great. We might tend to be apologetic, you know, have apologetic tone when talking mm -hmm. to our clients when it's not our fault. But right now it's like, this is what it is. And if you have any desire to travel within the next year, within the next two years, you need to book it now and don't expect pricing to be dirt cheap because it's not going to be. I think, and I said this, so I posted a story. It was on my personal page. And I said, I'm posting this to my personal network as almost like a PSA because a lot of my personal friends and my personal network are reaching out to me for this. And I just want everyone to know, like, that is not a thing. I understand how someone could come to a conclusion where they're thinking, maybe people don't want to travel right now. Maybe these destinations are desperate to get us there. Like, I don't think that is a weird angle to look at things, but it just isn't factual. Mm -hmm, <laughs> and so exactly. people just need to know. And I am at a point right now where like, it isn't my fault. These are the facts. And I just want you to know what you're dealing with. You need to be prepared for some frustration when we can't get you what you want because it's sold out. You need to be flexible about your dates and your budget. And I don't think there's anything wrong with us sharing that with our network and our clientele in a, in a, like I'm in a building authority type of way. And I exactly. listen, I'm the expert mm -hmm. and these are the facts. And let me set your expectations so that when you do call me, <laughs> we know, we both know what we're walking into. And also call me now because I don't want you to call me in July to go somewhere over Christmas break. And I now have to search the earth to try to find somewhere that, that you can even book that has space for you. Yeah. The most recent inquiries that I've taken, we did, I did like three or four discovery calls yesterday um, with these new inquiries and it's, you know, for us, when we're in the industry 24 seven and seeing the news every single day, when you talk to folks who aren't in it, to me, I'm just like, oh, this is why they need us. You know, I had someone who wanted to plan for Barcelona and South of France for this July. And I'm like, I know you're seeing cheap flights because you subscribe to like a cheap flight newsletter. I know you're seeing cheap flights to Barcelona. I know you're seeing cheap flights to Nice, but I'm telling you right now, even if the country does open up, you're not going to get the full experience of going to those two destinations because we don't know what's going to be open. And everything is so up in the air still. Like things aren't stable, especially in those destinations yet. You never know if the government's going to just do another lockdown or anything can happen. So you have to be the person to be like, those are not good ideas. 
for now. We can revisit that later on, but we need to talk about other destinations. So what experience would you like to have? So we can try and find something that fits. Exactly. And we can't blame them for wanting to go and for Mm -hmm. dreaming about going and for hoping that they can go. But that's exactly the right question is what is the experience you're looking for? Let me see if we can get that for you somewhere that you are actually allowed to go. Mm -hmm. And set the expectation. Like that's what I like try to do like from the beginning because they're coming to me as the authority. And so many of like everyone I talked to yesterday were first time um, you know, travel advisor users, they always plan stuff on their own before. And I always ask them like, you know, it sounds like you've traveled a lot before. Why are you calling a travel advisor this time around for your trip? So I know what it is I can best help them um, with on their, um, on their vacation. So, you know, it's mostly like, we don't know what's open. We don't know. We're nervous about the travel restrictions, but also being able to help them hone in on the experience that most closely resembles what they wanted, (laughs) but can't have. And that's exactly the thing now. This is your chance to present yourself as the professional that you are. The reason people are using travel advisors for the first time is that they are scared to make decisions. So you need to be out there in front presenting yourself as the professional and the authority, even if you feel like you're delivering negative news, if you handle it like these are the facts and I'm here to help, that's how you're going to establish yourself with with your network and anyone that sees what you're doing. Right. Take, Take this opportunity. Honestly, take it. You have authority. Use it. Mm -hmm. Use it to the fullest, fullest extent. That's what people want right now. They want somebody who knows, who's large and in charge, knows what's going on. (laughs) They want guidance. They want someone to say yes and no. Like, this is doable. This is not. So this is the direction we're going to go in right now. And they're like, oh, okay, thanks. That's like less decision fatigue for them. Exactly. Don't be afraid. Um, There's another article from Travel Age West. What needs to happen before Europe can reopen to tourism? When I read this yesterday on Facebook, I was just like, ah, yes, this is going into our discussion this week. (laughs) And of course, the funny part is that I put it in there as well. So this article starts by saying, at the start of 2021, tourist arrivals into Europe plummeted 85%. Not shocking. I expected it to be more, but... (laughs) you know, with borders closing and everything, it's like eight, only 85%. Um, but now U.S. tourists are itching to go. You know, they just want to have that Italy two-week adventure that had to be rescheduled. Um, they want to go on, you know, that Ireland tour that had to be rescheduled. So this article talks about different things that need to change or different things that need to happen before Europe can fully open. Yes. And so the European Commission is proposing a digital green pass, which is like a digital vaccination certificate. That's for Europeans, but it's a start. And it displays test results. Uh, They feel like this would mark the the first step in the start of reopening. And they have a whole campaign, hashtag restart tourism. They have a reopen EU website. Like 
obviously everyone wants this to happen. And mostly because it's not just going to help the tourist areas. It's going to reignite the entire economy. It's necessary. And I would say that's the same in the U.S. as well. And we talked about an article that mentioned that last week. It's such a huge part of the economy. A big organization that is part of this effort to restart tourism is the UN World Tourism Organization. And they state that a successful, tangible tourism restart by summer will come only through strong and coordinated political action paired with harmonized protocols and digital solutions to make international travel possible. And we touched on how technology is going to play a role in the recovery of travel. And this is where we see part of that is the digital, um, I guess, a digital passport or like green pass where things are uploaded in real time. You can put all your information on there and it's just as easy as scanning your passport. You don't have to carry around a document that you can potentially lose. You know, there are easier ways today to make travel happen. Right. And of course it's already a political issue. And that is why Mm -hmm. they're saying they need strong political support from people who have power to make this happen because like everything in the last couple of years, every single thing becomes a political issue. And that will be, that will cause delays, but it looks like things are moving in the right direction. And we've mentioned several times, the countries, Iceland is open, Greece is opening, like we're getting there, baby steps. Every article like this makes me feel more and more excited and hopeful. It's like a little, little bits at a time, like little climbs, little steps. There's a quote in here that says, with vaccinations and better management of the crisis, there is no doubt the summer will be better than last. Reopening borders will have an impact beyond tourism. It will drive Europe's overall recovery. Europe will not return on its own. Europe is part of the world. And we are ready to find a way that the European Green Pass works with solutions provided by countries or groups of countries from outside the EU. Me too. I'm interested (laughs) to see what the solutions are. And whenever people ask me today, it's funny that, you know, the quote is this summer will be better than last. Whenever people ask me today, so how are you doing? How's it going? And I'm sure you've been asked that question many times. And I'm sure a lot of the travel advisors listening have been asked that many times. My answer is always, I'm doing a lot better this year than last year, (laughs) this time last year. Um, And, you know, I feel like from this point on, Things are just going to get better. We just don't know how quick it's going to happen, but at least we're going in the right direction. Absolutely. And going back to my whole fever pitch theory, I'm noticing in my clients too. And I have clients who are like emailing me, hey, I really need you to call me. I'm freaking out about our August cruise. And there's nothing that I can tell them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I still call them, obviously, and and tell them, listen, there's no news on this right now. There's no way for us to know what's going to happen. Right. But they just, they're also getting to that fever pitch. It's like, yeah, I'm panicking. <laughs> and, and I, at this point, am so hardened to all of this. And I'm like, why? It's either going to happen or it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember how last year we took the wait and see method? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we'll practice that again. Yeah, still Wait going. Still it's still going. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing that I can say or do or nothing that you can say or do, do to change what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm super excited in any case. As usual. <laughs> Me too. Super excited. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for some excess baggage? Oh, yes. Okay, it's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Axios, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is threatening to sue the federal government if the CDC doesn't allow cruises to restart by this summer. On a related note, Travel Age West reports that ASTA has has a pressing message for the Biden administration and the CDC. Please lift sailing restrictions and allow cruising to resume from the United States by July 1st, 2021. Another one from Travel Age West says that the 2021 Future Leaders in Travel Retreat will take place in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, its first time going international. A headline from Skit says that airport rapid COVID testing may detect 90% of infectious travelers. Travel Weekly reports that AM Resorts has broken ground on the Dreams Estrella del Mar Mazatlan, a 70 million plus beachfront resort located just south of Mazatlan on Mexico's Pacific coast. They also report that Marriott International is adding Blue Diamond Resort's Mystique Holbosch by Royalton in Mexico to its tribute portfolio. I was just there and Marriott is lucky to have it. According to Travel Market Report, Intrepid Travel is launching U.S. domestic tours to meet growing demand. Since January, Intrepid Travel said it has seen a 45% month-over-month increase in website visits to its local tours from Americans. After releasing two domestic tours in late February, Zion Ranch Day and an Alaska adventure, each tour's departures quickly sold out and prompted the company to add more departures for each tour. Another one from them announces that Lindblad Expeditions will restart sailing in June in Alaska and Galapagos. Travel port... Pulse reports that Avanti Destinations and Switzerland Tourism have created a joint campaign focusing on FIT travel within the European country, launching a new Avanti Destinations e-brochure, a series of webinars, and a travel advisor bonus. And last, some good news from afar, Delta will have new daily service to Iceland from Boston Logan beginning May 20th, renewed service from JFK beginning May 1st, and from Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport beginning May 27th. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments or you'd just like to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.